What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about some damn good beef because we brought you damn good beer with Breck Beer, and now we're bringing you damn good beef with our friends over at Hassle Cattle Company. And guys, this is so delicious that we have it at the DNVR bar. Now, you can come get a Wagyu beef burger over at the DNVR bar and put your choice of toppings on it, and it's going to be the most delicious burger you've ever had. And on top of that, Hassle Cattle is now offering DNVR NVR listeners, a buy three, get one free on their flank steaks. These delicious steaks are lean and very flavorful. They should be thinly sliced against the grain when carving, an ideal choice if you're looking to marinate. These steaks are super affordable too. Under $10, they're $9.99, and now you can buy three and get one free. Use that code DNVRFLANK at checkout. That's D-N-V-R-F-L-A-N-K at checkout to get that buy three, get one free. And like I said, guys, we have the best endorsement for it because that's, we, we love it. We not only have it in our homes, but we have it at the DNVR bar. That is the biggest stamp of approval you can get. So make sure to check them out over at hasslecattlecompany.com. And if you want the buy three, get one free, make sure to use the code DNVR flank. Or if you want 10% off your entire purchase, use the code DNVR10 over at Hassle Cattle Company. And of course, if you get over $200, you will get free shipping. So make sure to check them out and hit those promo codes over with our friends at Hassle Cattle Company. All right, mates, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only NVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Thursday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you guys about our friends over at MSU Denver, our presenting sponsor of this show, because MSU Denver puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degree to land coveted jobs, and we've put our stamp of approval on them as well. As many people over at DNVR have taken classes over at MSU Denver Online, so make sure to check them out. My boy, Mace, what's up, my friend? Oh, I missed you guys yesterday. Sorry that my uh, trip to the dentist ran over. Um, Seemed like an interesting conversation, though. Yes, it it certainly Mm -hmm. was an interesting guy. Anytime you get to talk Peyton Manning, it's fun, Mace. Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, I think uh, I do. I do think it personally, it was maybe for the best um, that I was not involved in it because I might have been the uh, I might have been the bucket of ice water on it a little bit, but that's OK. <laughs> well, Mace, speaking of buckets of ice water, you may have that take with what we're going to talk about today. The Broncos dropped their fourth 
behind the Broncos series this past Tuesday. And it's an awesome, awesome job by the Broncos to give us a really an, an inside look at what happens during free agency, during the lead up to the draft. And this episode uh, was focused on the draft itself and really gave us an inside look into the Broncos war room with George Payton leading it. And one thing really stuck out. There are some interesting things from this, but one thing really stuck out, Mace, it's when the Broncos were drafting Patrick Sertan and, uh, you know, George kind of looks around the room, says, this is the guy we wanted, right? And says, John, you okay with it? John goes, yep. And then they they draft Sertan. And then after the pick, George Payton says, guys, remember, Patrick Sertan was the, is, is the safest player in the draft. Yep. The and- quote was, this is the safest player in the draft right here, unquote, is, is what he said. And, uh, I mean, there are other things that he says that are interesting. He also says, like, quote, Patrick, he's been our guy since day one. That's why we never called him because, of course, uh, it was one of the things kind of about this is that the Broncos were taking a really close look at players, and they had hundreds of them on Zoom calls. They went to the quarterback pro days, uh, but they didn't call Pat Sertan at any point. They 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 were trying to mask their interest in him. Uh, right. And that's well, actually something that uh, George Payton admitted to us right after yeah. the draft was that yeah. that was very intentional. Yeah. And also another quote, Sertan's the guy we wanted unless someone really blows us away. Unquote. Well, we know that the Chicago bears were calling that they started calling teams beginning with Jack or with Carolina, pardon me at number eight. And uh, one thing that uh, Joe Banner of the 33rd team reported, Banner, of course, being a former Eagle and Browns uh, executive, uh, was that uh, the Bears all along were dangling a first-round pick next year to move up first to eight, then to nine with the Broncos, and eventually to 11 with the Giants, which is where they finally got somebody to say yes and allowing them to pick Justin Fields. So obviously a, a deal that involved that involved moving down 11 slots and picking up a first round pick next year. Something that I know we talked about a lot on this show as a, as a potential positive outcome for the draft, uh, given the lingering needs at quarterback, uh, that was not something that they considered. They, they clearly appear to be locked in on Pat Sertan, but it's like you mentioned that the, the comment about safest player and what does that mean when we start unpacking it? Because, you know, I think people hear that and there are negative connotations to it. Yeah, there, there certainly are. In fact, um, you know, I tweeted out that quote when this came out and, and someone said to me, uh, Zach, does this concern you that George Payton with his very first pick took the safest player in the draft? And my answer was, I'm not going to judge George Payton's entire philosophy and who he is as a general manager based on just one pick. But if he (laughs) takes this approach moving forward and and he really is just all about the safe moves, not just this year, but in the coming years in in free agency and the draft, then yeah, Mace, that's very concerning because I don't know how you're going to end up with a quarterback uh, if you're only willing to do safe moves. I mean, the, the safe move is, uh, you know, paying Case Keenum $18 million and not breaking the bank there. The safe move is using a second-round pick on Drew Locke. The, the Broncos have kind of done the safe moves at quarterback, and when I say safe moves, it's kind of it, – it's when you don't invest a lot. It's when you don't have a lot to gamble on. Did the Broncos miss on pretty much every quarterback since Peyton left? 
Yeah, they did. But was it a massive miss? No, not really. Not on any of them, including Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch was it was a guy that you picked in the late 20s. That's not a big investment in quarterback. Those were all safe moves at the quarterback position. And Mace, what have we learned the past five years? If you don't have a quarterback, then it, it doesn't matter. It, nothing matters. It, and you can be as aggressive in other picks. But if you're not going to be risky on a quarterback, then you're probably not going to find one. I mean, the uh the Trevor Lawrence's of the world where there's really no risk and that is a safe pick. They come around what once every five, once every 10 years, something like that. So unless you're going to have the number one overall pick by the time the next Trevor Lawrence comes around in order to get a quarterback, you're going to have to gamble. Yeah. And I got news for you. Even if the Broncos uh, had the number one pick in 2022, something that I think is an extraordinarily unlikely outcome. None of those guys next year are Trevor Lawrence. I mean, I, Right. You know I love me some Sam Howell. Oh, yes. He's not team law. Right. I mean, you're lucky if a Trevor Lawrence comes around once a decade. I mean, we've we've had two generational quarterbacks in the last 10 drafts, and Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence. Before that, when you talked about when you talk about a quarterback that had such a consensus, you you had to go back to Peyton Manning. And even then there were people there were some people who preferred that the Ryan Lee flavor of quarterback. The Colts right. obviously did not, and uh, and um, Bill Polian made the right call there in his first draft as Colts GM and uh, went with Peyton Manning. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fourteen years back from Andrew Luck. It's another, it's another fifteen years back from Peyton Manning to uh, Dan Marino. I mean, you had you had quarterbacks go number one. Drew Bledsoe in uh, in nineteen ninety three, for example. Um, Vinny Testaverde in nineteen eighty seven they weren't regarded as kind of generational the way Elway and Manning and Luck and Trevor Lawrence are. And yes. And, and I mean, you look at those quarterbacks, Zach, I mean, there's a reason why you call them generational for one thing, they were four for four. You, you can, you can say three for three on the previous guys. Cause we're going to find about out about Trevor Lawrence and it would have been three hall of famers. Probably if Andrew Luck uh, doesn't have injuries, catch up with him all too soon. So, like I said, three for three on those quarterbacks. Safe, you know, safe says a lot. It it, it does make you wonder if there's going to be an audacious trade up to get a quarterback in the draft. It also makes you wonder, does does George Payton want to – want to kind of take those risks and put the franchise in the hands of – a, a young quarterback who uh, who who is untested and, and unproven. I mean, at least with Drew Locke, he has started the balance of one season. He's started 18 games. You know, you at least know that he can go out there and play a reasonable level of quarterback. Now, of course, last year, yes, bottom five, but uh, bottom five across the board in multiple metrics. But you know that he at least can go, will go out there and not. Um, and not completely tank Teddy Bridgewater we know is is you know steady Teddy like you call him average Teddy um but the Vikings when George Payton was there you know they they had some misses with with young quarterbacks uh he got there Tavares Jackson was already there the late Tavares Jackson was a was a miss and they they pulled him for Gus Farad early in 08 and then they went with Brett Favre in 09 as proven as you get at that point um Favre retires, and the guy they draft is Christian Ponder, top 12 quarterback. 
He's one of the 50% of those top, of those top 12 quarterbacks. That was a miss, a pretty clear miss. Uh, they picked Teddy Bridgewater. He does well before he gets hurt. But then, at, but then when the injury cat, when Teddy Bridgewater doesn't come back very quickly from the injury and they move on, they move on to Kirk cousins. They give him a lot of money and he's very well, he's very proven. And yet at the same time, Kirk cousins clearly only gets you to a certain level. Kirk Cousins right. is an expensive call, but Kirk Cousins is a safe call. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater, average, he's a safe call. Um, well, and Mace, uh, on top of that, if we look at the Broncos this offseason, let's say we knew, which we don't we don't even know now, but let's say we knew that George Payton was going to be about making the safe plays all over the board when it comes to this team. When we would look at the quarterback position for this team, we may have been able to guess back in January, right after George Payton was hired, that the Broncos quarterback would be Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke because it, hindsight being 2020, and it's easy to do that now, but you look back at all the options, Teddy Bridgewater may be the safest of all of them, and I'm including Matthew Stafford because you would have had to given up two first-round picks in order to give him. Anytime you're talking about giving up first-round picks, let alone multiple first-round picks, it takes some safeness out of there. So that makes that one not as safe. Uh, trading for Gardner Minshew, that's not very safe because, look, he was just on a team that had a, uh, a terrible record last year. He's still fairly young. Uh, I think he's proven enough, but I, I could see a general manager convincing themselves that he's not proven enough. And then Sam Darnold, I mean, he just led the league in interceptions tied with Drew Locke last year. He's a young guy, a lot of potential, but still a gamble there. And you had to give up, what, a second round pick in order to get him? Teddy Bridgewater, on the other hand, it, you gave up a sixth round pick for a guy who has been a starter in this league that has had success winning that has, you know, put up just average numbers, but you don't have to give up a lot for him. So really, Teddy Bridgewater may be the safest quarterback option that the Broncos could have got this year. And that's including the draft as well, because the draft, obviously young guys outside of Trevor Lawrence, there's so much gambling there. So with with knowing this, what he thought about Patrick Sertan, if we're able to draw the line and say this is who he is, well, then no surprise that it's Teddy and Drew. Yeah, no surprise. And um, I mean, really the only guy who was uh, uh, really safer that was on the open market was Tyrod Taylor, and, I, and he went to Houston. And this is if you get into their ball loss rate over the last four years, which uh, Teddy is – Ninth in that one fumble inter interception every 38.8 uh, plays. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is third in that among 62 quarterbacks with at least 250 plays. That's one every 55.2. Now, safe maybe is in terms of safe in terms of what you give up. You'd say, oh, does that take the Broncos out of the question for Aaron Rodgers? Well, who's number one in ball loss rate over the last four years? Uh, probably Aaron Rodgers. Yep. One interception or fumble every 69 plays. Mm. Nice. Now you might have to give up a lot to get him. Yes. But certainly say this is where safe doesn't necessarily mean bad. Now, then the question becomes, are you willing to sacrifice the draft capital to to move up and get to to be able to get Aaron Rodgers? Because probably going to take a lot of draft capital and it'll probably take some player capital as well. That depends on kind of what you think of uh, what you think of the roster. If you're George Payton, do you think that uh, 
all the pieces are in place to where you can sac- sacrifice some. No, you're not going to have a first round pick for at least a couple of years, but get the guy who protects the football, but literally better than any quarterback in the game right now. And uh, I would imagine if I dove into this historically, Aaron Rodgers might be the guy who, be- who protects the, the ball better than any quarterback in the history of the game. Well, and Mace, it's the safest move you can make for as long as Aaron Rodgers plays. If Aaron Rodgers plays two years, well, it's the safest move you can make maybe in the NFL trading for him in the next two years. If he plays for five years, then it's a safe move for the next five years. Where it gets you is after that. But if you're concerned about missing out on a Hall of Fame quarterback because you're concerned about what it means for after that, well, then... I'm not sure you're in the right business because look, John Elway absolutely made the right call going all in on Peyton Manning. It got them tons of success, made him one of the most successful general managers those first five years. Uh, And then it also got them a Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and it did cost them after, but it got them a Super Bowl. Now you hope that George Peyton can build the Broncos better so that after Aaron Rodgers time is done and you don't have those first round picks because you get, you gave them up uh, in order to have Aaron Rodgers that well okay that he can build the team that's going to to survive better and not be the first team in the nfl history to miss this postseason five consecutive years after winning a super bowl so that that's the gamble is how good is george payton going to be after aaron Rodgers? but mace there's also a chance that aaron Rodgers plays five years you give up three first round picks by the time Aaron Rodgers leaves, you've already had two first round picks uh, and, and you're not depleted anymore as a team. Yeah, that's a great point, Zach. And I think it's something that uh, uh, when looking at the possibility of Rodgers, and I know there are some people that are listening and kind of rolling their eyes at, at this. Um, look, there's a reason we keep talking about Aaron Rodgers. Um, and that is, and that is because it is a legitimate possibility here. And, um, and I would say, if you if you if you find out and this is where kind of the back channels intermediaries whatever is, will tell you what you need to know if you find out that Aaron Rodgers is firmly set on doing the things that it'll take to play at least five more years heck I mean what what if he looks at Tom Brady and what if Tom launches another two I mean it's crazy to say this but what if Tom launches another two or three years of good play down from Tampa Bay think Rogers looks at that and says, if if he can do it, I can do it. Absolutely. I think that's exactly what he says. And, and if he, if, if he doesn't retire, which I don't think he's going to retire, but let's say he doesn't retire. He's probably, he's, he's only playing for legacy at this point. Now, Mace, he's made like $250 million in his career. So he's not going to want to come back just for one year. He's going to want to come back to continue to build his legacy, to get multiple rings, to be in that select group of quarterbacks. What he would join Peyton Manning as the only quarterback to, to win a Super Bowl with two different teams. I mean, that now we're talking elite company. That's what he'd be playing for. So we may be talking about him wanting to push the envelope as much as Tom Brady is. Yeah, that's uh, and that kind of that makes that I think makes it interesting. It's one of those things that I think also makes it viable. And and even if and even though it's kind of strange to talk about a 37 going on 38 year old quarterback as a quote, safe pick, a 37 going on 38 year old quarterback um, who and who would cost you two or three first rounders as a safe call. But Mm -hmm. more you have to you have to feel like that's what 
Aaron Rodgers would be. Now it would it would certainly change how George Payton has to attack the draft because he likes accumulating picks. And he has said that he likes to go, he likes to have 10 picks ideally in a draft. That uh, would, uh, t- he, it's the more darts philosophy. That would certainly change kind of the caliber of the darts that uh, he would have. I mean, certainly he'd be looking for ways. Uh, if he, let's say he could get by in a trade for Aaron Rodgers without sacrificing a second round pick. Well, I could see those second round picks quickly becoming third and fourth round picks to try to make up, to, to make up the deficit. So instead of having your first pick being round two, maybe your first pick is in round three and you picked up a, a round four pick to kind of uh, to balance the scales there. But it's something that he's, but he, it's something that he's proven that he's pretty uh, adept at that. If you get, you do, you do give him the darts as it were. And yeah, a lot of them are going to miss. That's what you're basically, you're basically kind of playing the odds here, but you're still going to be able to find guys of value. And then built on uh, what John Elway has done the last few years, you can and you can kind of keep keep the talent keep the talent well from running dry until you get those first round picks back. So honestly, I kind of it's this is where I I'd say safe is safe maybe as a negative connotation in some ways, but if it's the right kind of safe call, it's also it's also positive. And so, and, and certainly with Sertan, the other thing to go back to Sertan specifically, if you are in a situation where you're going to have to sacrifice a draft capital, then in the future, then you could not afford to miss on this first round pick. You need to find somebody who at minimum was going to be a solid starter. And I think we can all agree that barring injury, Pat Sertan's floor is solid starting cornerback number two. That's his floor. Mm-hmm. Right. He's going to help you. Well, no matter what, he's going to be a plus player and that's his floor. And he still has a high ceiling as well, because you'd look at his ceiling and say that his ceiling is a guy that goes to the pro bowl quite a bit. Yeah. And Mace, I would say that most GMs in the NFL, unless they're really desperate, like the Chicago bears, where they're in a very desperate situation, most GMs are pretty much going to take the safe philosophy. So let's say that George Payton does have the safe philosophy and it wasn't just for this pick. Well, he kind of fits in with the rest of the league. Now you just hope that he's willing to take the risks and the gambles when it's there. Like we said, Aaron Rodgers really isn't a gamble, but if he views it like that, you hope he's willing to take that risk. And everything I've heard from behind the scenes is he will definitely be willing to take the risk. He just needs the, the green Bay Packers to give him that opportunity. And, but Mace, let's say it's not Aaron Rodgers, and let's say George Payton is a safe type of philosophy sort of guy. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for for the Broncos moving forward at quarterback and just just in general? Well, it you know what I would say this: Would you regard the Vikings in terms of their draft philosophy as a pretty safe team over the last decade or so? Yeah, I would say so. Yes, uh, they're, you know, in fact, really kind of once you got past Christian Ponder in 2011, you get to 2012 and they have the fourth overall pick and they pick a tackle in Matt Coleal. I mean, that's 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 a that's a very typical pick for being in the top five when you're starting to rebuild and they pick a safety later in the first round in Harrison Smith. 
Um, you, you look, there's, there's three wide receivers that they've taken in the first round over the last 10, over the last 10 years, two of them became pro bowlers in some fashion. Although for Cordero pattern, it was as a, a returner, not as wide receiver. Uh, they, they, they pick cornerbacks, a position that usually has good value in round one. They've taken four corners in the first round, Zach, in the last, uh, in the last nine drafts specifically. Mm. The, the Vikings have all, and you look at them year after year. Even though they they're they're not a perennial playoff team, they're always in the mix. They're they're in the conversation, and it's a roster that usually has a decent amount of talent on it. But what have they accomplished? I mean, once Brett Favre left that building, the last ten years of Viking football, couple of division titles, couple of wild card appearances. So that's you know playoff that's playoff appearances in twenty twelve. Um, 2015, 2017, 2019, four out of 10 in the playoffs. They haven't gotten to a Super Bowl. They got within one game of the Super Bowl once the year that Case Keenum uh, uh, had the miracle happen in the divisional round. You could say that the Vikings are a pretty average team in terms of what they have done. And that's where safe isn't always the best thing safe will get safe will make sure that you don't safe will make sure that you don't miss the playoffs for five years in a row in all likelihood right and i think like i think the most of the the, the most number of years the vikings uh consecutive years the vikings ever missed the playoffs under george payton uh and rick spielman with with payton serving as his right hand well let me just think here they 10, 11, they were back in 12, 13, 14, back in 15, missed in 16, back. So they've never missed the playoffs more than two consecutive years uh, in the years that George Payton worked for the team. That's pretty, you know, it's certainly, it, it, it's, 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 it means that you're in the conversation. It means you're, that you're not going into a season without hope, but you're you can relevant. certainly, you're relevant, but, uh, and and he and he did use he did use the word relevant in one of his inner interviews earlier interviews right he talked about a goal to be relevant in November and December, right, and that's um, where this team need that's where this yeah. team needs to start um, yeah and, and so so he has his expectations in the right spot and Mesa I think you hit it I hit, think you hit it right on the head being safe isn't isn't a bad thing when it comes to being relevant you'll make the playoffs with that and mm-hmm. specifically at the quarterback position. When did George Payton have the most success with the Vikings? It's when they had a veteran quarterback, when they had Brett Favre. Uh, then they went out and traded a first-round pick for Sam Bradford after Teddy Bridgewater got injured. They did have some success with Teddy, but not a lot. They did not have any success uh, with Chris – or didn't have much success with Christian Ponder as a first-round quarterback. And then they had a lot of they, – they've had a lot of success for, for their organization with Kirk Cousins being a veteran. Now – does it does it mean that you know he's not going to be willing to spend money on veterans? Absolutely not. I mean, he gave Kirk Cousins and the Vikings gave Kirk Cousins the most guaranteed money of any quarterback ever 
to make sure that they knew what their floor was at quarterback. They knew what they were getting in Brett Favre. They knew what they were getting in Sam Bradford when they traded a first-round pick for him. They knew what they were getting in Kirk Cousins, and they knew that with Kirk Cousins, they weren't getting a top-five quarterback. They were hoping they were getting you know, a top-ten quarterback, even though they were paying him the top money in the league for guaranteed money when it came to Kirk. So that's, that's the sort of thing, Mace, that we're talking about here is – I think that if this really is his philosophy beyond just one pick, I think we're talking veteran quarterbacks, but doesn't mean yeah. that there's not going to be an investment. We could see a first or two first round picks traded for a veteran quarterback, or we could see, uh, you know, a ton of money given to a free agent quarterback. But if we're following this trend, that's what it would point to. Yeah. And you point to the veteran quarterbacks. I mean, they've only made the playoffs once in three years with Kirk cousins and, I would say that the lesson there is that it's something that we've said that you get in trouble when you pay elite money for a guy who's just pretty good. If you're going to have an elite investment, you've got to have an elite quarterback. Now, Brett Favre quickly tailed off. Brett, Brett Favre had a lot more wear and tear on his fuselage, so to speak, uh, than Aaron Rodgers does. And Favre was – two years older when he headed to Minnesota back in 2019. The question, because really the question is this getting Aaron Rodgers. not only is it a dynamic move in terms of the quarterback position, it's a safe move. It, it is a safe move. If you want to get back to contention, because the really, if you get Aaron Rodgers, the, the odds are that you're going to be a playoff team immediately, even in this division. You're going to be about, you're going to be back in the playoffs right away. You're going to be in the championship conversation for as long as Aaron Rodgers is playing at an elite level. So the, the, the it's, it's a gamble. That's basically got about a, a 90% chance of working out in terms of getting you in terms of really getting you into the, into the title mix into being a team, one of those small cluster of teams that has a, that has real viable, tangible Lombardi aspirations this year. But then the other part of it is the gamble of the draft picks. And that's not, and, and sacrificing multiple first round picks is not necessarily a safe call. So you have these two things, you have these two things that are kind of butting against each other and, and what's going to win. I would say that the one that should win is the, 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 the one that got you the closest you've ever been literally one literally one late giveaway away from being in the Super Bowl. And that was with Brett Favre. Of course, the funny thing is, Zach, you're ga they gambled on Brett Favre being as an elite quarterback near the end of his career, and they got a great season out of him, arguably the best season Favre ever had. Aaron Rodgers is a different type of quarterback. He's the elite quarterback, but as I mentioned earlier, because he doesn't give away the ball very often, he's the safe quarterback. Aaron Rodgers isn't making that throw that you could say potentially cost George Payton the a big ring on his finger. Right. Yep. And, and, and so that's, you know, you're obviously not going to hear your, and here's the thing. You're not going to hear anything on the record about Aaron Rodgers from the Broncos until and until slash unless anything happen happens but did you notice on tuesday when justin simmons talked about the possibility of getting aaron Rodgers, 
he got this kind of he had to almost hold back this smile on his face yep he did i think it i think <laughs> while everybody in that locker room because while they have i mean drew and teddy are their quarterbacks right now and they know that it may work out that those are the guys that they're going to battle with this year and they'll be all in for them but if you think on that defensive side or even in the receiving and tight end rooms that they haven't thought about man what would it be like if we got aaron Rodgers? if you they've they've all thought about that they're only human they know what's what's being set out being set out there they've all thought about what aaron Rodgers would do and it was it was kind of the look on his face that that smile and and his eyes kind of his guys kind of lit up didn't they yeah when he said that yeah it really did seem like he was holding back yeah like okay i are, I mean, my, my radio partner, Eric Goodman, noticed. It jumped out to me. You noticed it as, as well. I wonder why nobody else has mentioned this. Because it was really – it was one of those things where kind of the facial reaction and the body language kind of revealed a, a genuine hope in that locker room, or at least a genuine hope from, from Justin Simmons. I'm sure others have it that, man, we might end up with a Hall of Fame quarterback walking in that door. Well, yeah, they've heard the rumors. They know that what what this does if they get Aaron Rodgers, especially in that building, they know, Mace, mm-hmm. that if you get a Hall of Fame quarterback, then you can become contenders right away. And Justin Simmons, he he wants to taste winning. He never has. He's never tasted the playoffs in the NFL, and he know that that would happen right away. And so, Mace, to to wrap this up, you hope that being safe. Uh, with this pick goes back to George Payton's philosophy that he said right when he was hired about being aggressive and not reckless, that he's going to be in on every deal and he's going to make the move and pull the trigger if it's the right move for the Denver Broncos, because then you can live with that being safe. You can live with not going out uh, and being reckless on the first day of free agency and spending $15 million on a right tackle just to say that you have a right tackle. But when the Aaron Rodgers opportunity comes around or there's a quarterback in the draft that you love that's sitting there in the first round, that you go with the aggressive move and that and that you don't view everything as, as a big move at quarterback specifically as as just reckless that you're willing to make that aggressive move. And so that's something that we don't know just from this first off season of George Payton, if, if he's going to just be too safe or if he's going to be aggressive and not reckless, you obviously hope that it's the aggressive, Mm -hmm. not reckless part and not that he's just always going to play the safe card. Very well said, Zach. And I would also offer this, that, um, if you know that there's a possibility you're going to have to sacrifice a lot of draft capital for the next few years to get that quarterback who's not only safe in terms of how he protects the ball but gives you a real chance at a championship, then you better hit and find starters in this draft before the drafts where you're la- you may be lacking first-round capital. And both Pat Sertan and Javante Williams, I think their floor is solid starters. And – if you've got an elite quarterback and you've got enough solid starters, Zach, you can win a championship with that. Yes, you can. You, you certainly, certainly can. Man, we are less than one week away from Aaron Rodgers officially uh-huh. being allowed to trade. We'll see how it all unfolds. And Mace got some breaking news right here. 
The Lawnmower 4.0 has launched from our friends over at Manscaped. I never thought this would happen because the Lawnmower 3.0 was so good, but they made some key upgrades to the Lawnmower 4.0. Some upgrades that I thought weren't even necessary, but they did it. And it shows me that, boy, they were right. It's got a travel lock for, for many people that travel. That is very helpful. It also has an on and off switch for their LED light. Sometimes it was a little blinding when you were shaving in a certain direction, but now you don't have to worry about that. You can turn it off. It has a ceramic blade and skin safe technology to make sure that you never get nicked. And on top of that, they have new trimmer sizes with sizes one to four. So you can groom to your exact length that you want. And guys, maybe the biggest thing here, wireless charging, the lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which also helps lengthen the battery. So you could go on a trip and you got it all hooked up with everything you need from that lawnmower 4.0. And if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 20% off and free shipping from our friends over at Manscaped. So if you thought the lawnmower 3.0 was good, you need to get your hands on the lawnmower 4.0 and you will be very happy. So make sure to check them out over at manscaped.com and use that code DNVR for 20% off and free shipping. Makes me wonder what the lawnmower 6, 7, 8.0 are going to look like down the line. I mean, we're going to be talking, are we going to be talking about lasers here? I mean, I, I think we're going to we be go? talking about that. It just, it, you, you strap a belt on yourself and it just uh, does the work for you. Oh my gosh. That's wild. But uh, <laughs> man, yeah, keep, keep, keep on making those lawnmowers manscaped. And also, Keep on making some of that delicious CBD-infused coffee, Strava Craft Coffee. And Strava, of course, is a longtime partner of DNVR. And uh, so you've been listening to their spots on here. And you know how much we love you for listening to us. But you've been letting us down lately because our longest and most loyal partner to date, Strava Craft Coffee, has not felt the love lately. So we're going to change that. And Strava Craft Coffee is offering a new code to everyone to do that. Instead of that code DNVR20, it's DNVR25. 25, of course, will tell you to get 25% off your first purchase. Of course, Strava Craft Coffee, it's infused with CBD, which can help you with so many ailments, aches and pains, headaches, you know, uh, you know IBS, all, all sorts of stuff that maybe you've been having problems with, joint pains, even arthritis. Uh, CBD-infused coffee can maybe help you deal with that. So check out the reviews on Strava Craft Coffee. Find out how Strava has helped them and use that magical code DMVR20, get 25% off. Now, maybe you've had Strava Craft Coffee before. You want to get it on a regular basis. Well, then if you subscribe to Strava, you can get Strava Craft Coffee on your doorstep uh, every two, four, six, eight, ten weeks, whatever you need. And with that subscription, you get 20% off every time. It's not a one-time discount. It is and a lifetime discount if that's how much you want to have it. So subscribe to Strava Craft Coffee, get 20% off for life, or use that magical code DNVR25 and get 25% off a one-time purchase. And if you want to have just a single a single beverage from Strava before you, you, you buy online, then check out the cold brew at the DNVR bar, which is on tap. Swing by and try it. You won't be disappointed. So remember, Strava Craft Coffee, that magical code DNVR25 for 25% off or subscribe and get 20% off every order for life at Strava Craft Coffee. 
Oh, yes, Mason. I can't wait for the Nuggets game tonight. A late one, and the Nuggets have a chance to go on a two-game win streak and just start putting Portland to bed. And, man, there's going to be no better place to watch the game than over at the DNVR bar. And when you're there and you're a member, make sure to get the member beer. It's a 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer. Get, get a couple of those, and, man, you're just stacking free beers on top of each other. And, of course, that's just one of the benefits of becoming a member with us. Some other benefits is you get a free DNVR shirt of your choice with an annual membership, which is pretty much, I mean, that pays for like half the membership right there. You get the DNVR locker weekly member, the deals, which just helps you save even more money. And of course you get access to the to the members only discord where you don't have to worry about any of the negativity that's going on on Twitter. You get access to the DNVR golf league and you get the best content of Colorado sports out there. And now is such a great time to get in on all the content. Maybe Aaron Rodgers news. Uh, there'll, <laughs> there'll be some Broncos media availability later today that you'll be able to get all of our reactions to. And of course, you get to read or you get your comments read on this pod exclusively when you're a member. And let's jump into those comments. But Mace, let me tell you guys where, how you can do this. Go to the DNVR.com. At the top of the page, there's a podcast section. Click on the Broncos podcast. It should be the first one that pops up. Then all of our podcasts that we've ever done will pop up right there. Click on the first one at the top of the page. That's our most recent one. Scroll to the bottom. And if you're a member, a comment section will magically appear. Leave your comment there. And we will read it on the next day's podcast. And Mace, let's jump in. First one coming from Casper. Fellas, can you read anything into Peyton keeping Fangio long-term with the fact that Mike Zimmer has been the Vikings head coach since 2014? Mm, not really. Um, I mean, I think uh, sort of what, what, well, one of the things we talked about, Zach, first of all, Mike Zimmer had a winning season before um, Vic Fangio did. Now, obviously, Peyton was not on the job uh, for the first two Vic Fangio seasons, but Mike Zimmer had more quickly established his chops as a head coach uh, by the performance of the team than George Peyton had, or pardon me, Vic Fangio has, because he had that 11, Zimmer had that 11 and 5 season back in 2015 uh, when Bridgewater was the quarterback for the Vikings, and Vic hasn't had that kind of year. Um, so I, I think honestly, Zach, I think they're just they're different situations and they're going to be evaluated and they're they're going to be evaluated differently. I think if there's one thing, let's say that Vic Fangio does get the team to the playoffs this year, uh, then one thing with Mike Zimmer, because like I said earlier, the Vikings, uh, they're not a team that uh, misses the playoffs more than uh, than two than two years in a row, like with with Zimmer, for example, it's miss make miss make miss make miss so literally with zimmer the vikings have gone to the playoffs every other year now if the broncos go to the playoffs every year does that mean vic fangio stays around frankly it depends on the quarterback if they're going to the playoffs every other year with teddy bridgewater or drew lock i'd say uh, unless lock becomes an elite quarterback they'd probably keep Fangio around. If uh, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I expect the standard be, would be a bit higher. 
Yeah, and, and I think this is a great point coming in from Casper because you look at Mike Zimmer. He's going on his eighth year with the Minnesota Vikings, and they certainly have had some success. They've had three multi or ten win seasons or better, including a thirteen and three season. They the first year when Zimmer was there, they went seven and nine. Uh, the third year with they they he was there, they went eight and eight, and the fifth year. They went eight, seven, and one. And then last year, their first losing season under Zimmer outside of his first year as a coach where they went seven and nine. And Mace, to me, I think this does show that that Rick Spielman and who George Payton was very close with, what is loyal to Mike Zimmer and, and his coaches. And I expect that to be the case for George Payton as well. However, the big difference is Vic Fangio is not George Payton's guy. So he does not have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He does not have to be um, loyal to him. So I think if the Broncos have a winning season, then you probably do see Vic Fangio back. That would mean, you know, four more wins this year than they had last year. And I think that he would get the benefit of the doubt there, but Let's say it's a losing season. That may be enough for for George to move on and pull the plug. However, I do expect the next coach, if they do move on from Vic, to get the benefit of the doubt uh, from George Payton, whether it's, you know, after one bad season or a couple of seasons, I I, I would expect uh, we won't see a, you know, a two and done situation like we saw with Vance Joseph. Yeah, and I think also part of it with Vance Joseph, you had, uh, you went from being a, a team that had, that, that was in the playoffs or had a winning season uh, for six consecutive years, five, five playoff appearances, and then going nine and seven when they missed the playoffs uh, to going five and 11 pretty quickly. So when you had that sort of decline, it worked against him. At least Vic, Vic Fangio, they go from six and 10 to seven and nine in his first year, then back to five and 11. So you, you, bottom line is they haven't gotten worse from the two previous years uh, that they were under Vance Joseph. So that and it makes him, I wouldn't say look better, it, but not, but not look as bad. But uh, at the same time, you also kind of, I'm looking at Mike Zimmer's ledger right now, Zach, seven years on the job. They've made, they've made the playoffs three times. They've missed it four times. They've won double. They've had double digit wins three times. And then four more times they have been between seven and nine and eight, eight, seven, and one. So like really right there, kind of in that middle ground, it, would you take this for the Broncos? If this is what Vic Fangio accomplishes, would this be okay? And let's well, say, let's say it's not mean... with Aaron Rodgers. If it's, if it's with Aaron Rodgers, I know that's not acceptable, but what if the Broncos do this and their quarterbacks are, are Teddy or Drew Locke? Would this be okay? Well, that means you're making the playoffs three times in the next five years, and you're having uh, just average seasons two times in the next five years. Gosh, I mean, that that really is just above average. You really do hope for more. Yeah, and it would be and, – and actually, the funny thing is we're kind of having this conversation. It's an interesting uh, dynamic. The Broncos are in a different place now than obviously they've been in the past, but, you know – Pat Bowen was had an, helmed an organization that fired Dan Reeves after an eight and eight season that came immediately after a 12 and four year fired Wade Phillips after going seven and nine following a nine and seven season the previous year 
fired Mike Shanahan after uh, like Mike Shanahan's last three years, right around the middle, they were 24 and 24 that, uh, you know, that's not all that much different than say like, like the Vikings, the last few years or the last three years, uh, Minnesota since 2018, Zach, 25 wins and 25 wins, 22 losses and a tie. Um, with only one playoff appearance in those three years. I think uh, that certainly uh, that certainly might be uh, enough for George Payton to stick with a coach. Um, I'm not sure, Mike. I'm not sure that Pat Bowen would have felt that way. Yeah, and, and then of the, course, yeah, and then of course, the, John Elway. Let, you know, part of ways with John Fox after going 12 and four. <laughs> the truth is, though, Mace, yeah. is this this isn't Pat Bowen r- running the ship yeah. anymore. Um, it, you know. Brittany right now doesn't really seem like she has the power to uh, mm-hmm. to make those decisions on GM and head coach. Maybe someday she will, but as of right now, she doesn't. Uh, and then John Elway, you know this this is George's show. He's John's not going to be make deci- making decisions on the coach. So while I wish it was the Pat Bolin sort of mindset running the team, it's not right now. Now, does it mean that George Payton is going to do exactly what his old boss Rick Spielman did in Minnesota? Absolutely not. But we can only go off the information that we know, and you know we know that George was was in on a lot of those big decisions that were being made with the Vikings as the assistant GM. Yeah. You're, maybe you're hoping that uh, George Payton gets a little of that uh, Pat Bowen in him. I want to be number one. I want us to be number one in everything. It's literally on the wall at Broncos headquarters. Yep. <laughs> I want us to be number one in everything. By the way, I did a little research into it and talked to a person who got that quote from Pat Bowen. He said it in the offseason, 1997, that led to the year the Broncos won their first Super Bowl. Love it. How about that? Think about that. And uh, and what that mantra has meant to the Broncos and their culture and their and their annual goals over the years. I want us to be number one in everything. Um, Relevance in November and December is a good is a good first step. But I kind of hope that George Payton being in that building and maybe even seeing those words on the wall in that building all the time, maybe uh, kind of elevates his expectation a little bit rather than just relevance. Yeah. The Broncos had John Elway when Pat Bowen said that it'll be a lot easier for George Payton to say that if he has Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that's <laughs> you said it, not me. Orange and blue all over <laughs> fellas. Do the Broncos convince themselves of Locker Bridgewater being the long-term answer more than more every day as camp goes along and a Rogers trade doesn't happen? I have found myself getting more confident in Drew being the guy every day with interviews and short hype videos. I am hyped up. Well, um, that means they're doing what they're supposed to do on you. Me having worked for a team, I'm much cooler on hype videos because I know the intent is to make people feel good about their emotional and if you're a ticket holder or buying merchandise, financial investment in your team. So I take a dim view of hype videos, I'm sorry to say. Also, yesterday was clearly too easy, so maybe this one is a little harder. Would you rather have Rodgers as a top-five quarterback for five years, $75 million a year, or Locke, who becomes annual top-10, but never top-five quarterback for 15 years for $5 million a year? If still Rodgers, what about if the salary was $100 million a year? 
<laughs> um, you know, I'm going to stick with my answer from yesterday. Give me the elite quarterback. And, you know, the, the price doesn't matter when it comes to the elite quarterback. Obviously, this is extremely extreme and orange and blue all over being a Drew guy that you are. You really are trying to paint a scenario where you want me to take Drew. But what do we talk about with uh, Kirk Cousins? He's kind of that top 10 quarterback that borderline top 10 quarterback that that you're painting drew to be uh in, in this light right here Aaron Rodgers is top five the difference between those two guys is huge especially if you look at them in the exact same division just what the Vikings have been able to accomplish compared to what Green Bay's been able to accomplish sure since Kirk got there the Viking or the Green Bay has not won a Super Bowl but the wins that they've put up the the playoff success up until the NFC championship game has been very impressive and big reason for that is the quarterback situation so still even there give me Aaron Rodgers in that massive contract yeah like I said like I've said that the the, the biggest waste of resources is paying it in it and paying that sort of money to somebody who's not, not elite. Like Kirk cousins, his average per year on his contract right now, Zach is $33 million. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is currently 33.5 million. By the way, uh, would that question present yesterday? What was RK's answer? Oh, it was, uh, it was very easy. The, in the question yesterday, it was, um, it was $50 million, right? Yeah, it was fifty yeah. million dollars for Aaron Rodgers or Drew for five million. I, I I think it's easy. I took. I mean, shoot, fifty million dollars a year isn't that much more than Patrick Mahomes is getting right now. Patrick Mahomes is at forty five million a year. I mean, I I do it in a heartbeat. Fifty million. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. And now that the kicker here that Orange and Blue all over is putting is that Rodgers is just for five years while Drew is for 15 years. Yeah. So Drew, you get 10 more years of, you know, good quarterback play. But to me, man, you, you got to have that elite quarterback play. So give that to me and I'll roll the dice on the next 10 years after. Yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like uh, 15 years, 5 million a year, you're kind of you're you're hoping there's that one magical year, right? Kind of like uh, Matt Ryan had in 2016, uh, Cam Newton had in 2015 when he was MVP, um, even Jared Goff in uh, in 2018 when the Rams got to a Super Bowl. You're hoping there's that one magical year, and uh, you get you get to the Super Bowl. The difference is you're hoping to kind of maximize the magical year, kind of like the Giants did with uh, with Eli Manning the two times they got to the Super Bowl. Yep, exactly. Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, who's the one guy that has suited up for the Washington football team that you just couldn't stand, but you would have loved had they become a Bronco or Buck? Well, I I have a soft spot for the Washington football team. In fact, before my family moved to Tampa, Zach and uh, Mark IT Snatch, uh, we lived in Central Virginia in Richmond, which is right in the heart of uh, of of. Washington football team country, as it were, referred to by another name for a long time. So I can really say that, um, I mean, I've, I've loved a lot of players for that team over the years and uh, loved them to where I can, I can say uh, there were very few players that I just couldn't stand that played for them, you know? So this is kind of a trick. This is kind of a tricky question. Um, I would say, cause the person I can't stand from the Washington football team is the owner, Daniel Snyder. And there is no chance in hell I would want Daniel Snyder as a part of my team. No way, no how. He's the guy that has ruined everything that team was. Um, so 
I would just say that like kind of focus on kind of a player that I'd want period. Uh, wish I had Chase Young. <laughs> yeah. He's playing. Real. I know it's right now. It's a little recency bias, but that dude is a monster. Like if I, and that's Chase Young is why that game when Washington comes into Denver at midseason, that's a sneaky tough game because Washington has the pass rush that no matter who the Broncos quarterback is can cause you some problems. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the entire pass rush led by chase young. Yes. And we remember when Von Miller had his best season mace, it was his second year in the league. And that is what we're looking at, which with uh chase. Oh, this, this guy's, I would actually put I'd actually put down some money on Chase Young being a Hall of Famer. That's how much I respect him as a player. Oh yeah, I, I'm, I completely agree. I, I'm not sure there's a defensive probably maybe okay Aaron Donald. I love watching Aaron Donald. Chase Young is getting like right there, right behind Aaron Donald. Is a guy I just love to watch. Oh, unless yeah, he's going absolutely. against my team. Yes. Anyway, I want to tell you about Solace Meds, a new partner, a premier dispensary for y'all with some great deals to offer you. Solace Meds. And Solace has four convenient Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, off Broadway, and then on East Colfax, just blocks away from the DNVR bar. And they've got some great deals this month, including 20% off all glacier concentrates, 20% off mile high extractions, 20% off CBN gummies, two for $25 off Koala and Solace 100 milligram bars, 15% off any three grams of Connoisseur concentrates, and for the entire Solace Med store, buy three, get one free. And all these amazing deals you can take advantage of and get an additional 20% off your entire purchase when you use that code DNVR20 at checkout. DNVR20 for 20% off. Solace Med makes your cannabis shopping a delight. You can head on over to their website, view their menu, order online, and pick up from one of your local locations at your convenience. Just go on over to solacemeds.com and purchase from there. And when you make that purchase, use the code DNVR20, like I said, for 20% off. There's no better way to support DNVR than by supporting our partners. So get online and purchase or head on over to one of those four locations and get the best customer service and 20% off your purchase. That's DMVR 28 checkout for 20% off your entire purchase every time. Let us know when you head in there and tag us when you do. And also, we got to tell you about our friends over at Green Mountain Dental because they are our part. They are part of our family. We go to them. They come to us over at the DNVR bar, and they really are part of our family, guys. And here's the thing. They treat you like family over there. And just like a good family member, they give you gifts. When you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. All you have to do is go to the dentist, take care of your teeth, schedule a a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush and you'll get the family care that you deserve when you're at a dentistry. And you can talk Colorado sports with them. You don't just have to sit there and have them talk politics or something to you. You can talk Colorado sports because they are diehard sports fans. And then you may see your dentist at the bar a couple of nights later, who knows, or just they're just grabbing food. But they're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver, and they're a longtime DNVR partner. So make sure to show them the love because they've showed us the love. And schedule that cleaning x-ray exam, and you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. Also want to tell you about our friends over at Gabby Insurance who 
say, when it comes to car and home insurance, don't you deserve better? I do. You do. And that's where Gabby comes in. Even members and staff at DMVR have put their insurance policies to the test with Gabby and saved hundreds of dollars or even over $1,000 on their yearly insurance rates. So what is Gabby? If you don't know, well, first of all, just look at their initials, G-A-B-I. Get up better insurance that's what it stands for and getting better insurance with gabby means getting a better price for the same insurance coverage gabby is the one true comparison platform that offers you real rates and gives you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 top insurance providers including big names like progressive nationwide and travelers all in one place. Here's what you do. You put in your current insurance information and get started. In just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. It takes minutes to do, and guess what? They'll never sell your info. So you put your insurance info in, and then they're going to compare the price you're paying with what you could pay elsewhere, but you're not going to have to worry about getting spam or robocalls because you gave your info. And by the way, Gabby customers on average save 900 and $61 per year. Think about that. Now, it's possible you may put your insurance information in with Gabby. Find out you're already paying the lowest rate. Good for you. Sleep well at night knowing you're paying as little as possible for insurance. But imagine if you are an average Gabby customer and you find out that you could pay $961 fewer dollars for your insurance and just think what you could do with that. Maybe uh, maybe you go on a a weekend trip, for example, weekend getaway. Maybe you go catch the Broncos play in a visiting city. There's so many things you could do by saving money on insurance and getting a better insurance with Gabby. So put your policy to the test and get a better insurance with Gabby. It's free to check out. No obligation. So go get So go to, to Gabby.com slash DNVR. That's G-A-B-I.com slash DNVR. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. He says, hey, guys, so this is something we talked about before, but I thought it was worth revisiting after the schedule got released. The Broncos are opening the season against the Giants. The Giants are coached by Joe Judge, and their defense is co-coordinated by Patrick Graham. Both of those guys coached under Bill Belichick. Drew is undefeated against teams coached by guys that coached under Bill, as well as Bill himself. If we look at the four games he played, Lions 2019 Texans, 2019 Patriots, 2020 Dolphins, 2020. They're among his better performances. So it's fair to say that he plays well against that style of defense with that in mind. And assuming drew is the week one starter, do y'all expect that trend to continue against the giants? And what about those defenses allows drew to play well against them? Wow. Dan, just a fantastic point. It's a fantastic point, but I would also say maybe kind of look closer at some of the other, uh, certain other circumstances, like uh, let's talk about, how many points those teams put on the board. Houston put 24, uh, and that was clearly uh, Drew. You could say that in Carolina uh, in December of last year. Those are Drew Locke's best games. It, Texans had 24. A lot of them were, were mop-up type of points. Uh, Detroit put up 17, remember? And, and that was a game also uh, that had uh, David Blau at quarterback. Again, kind of a low bar. Uh, to clear that day, the Patriots game last year, that was that. See, that's the what if game for Drew, because that's the that, that's the drop touchdown game. Right. And then but then. By the fourth quarter, Zach, I mean, Drew really struggled against that Patriot defense in that in that final quarter, and he was throwing it all over the place. And that's why, like, statistically, it was an awful game. 
it shouldn't have been that way because of the uh, because of the passes that were dropped. But the Patriots were do, doing some things coverage wise that were confusing Drew Locke down the stretch, and they did make some plays. And the Pats themselves only scored twelve points that game. Dolphins only scored thirteen uh, when they went against the the, the Broncos. So I, I I'm I get what you're trying to 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 get at, uh, Dan. I just I'm not sure there's a strong connection here with Patriot style defenses as would as there'd appear to be on the surface. So Mace, I, th- I think what it comes down to and what, what you're saying, and I'll just say it more straightforward is these defenses are bad defenses. You know, the Patriots defense, typically a really good defense last year, they were without so many guys due to COVID. Um, and uh, then these other ones, the lions, the Texans in, in 2019, bad defenses. And the, the best defense on here was Miami Mace. And like you said, drew put up 18 for 30 for 60% completion, not, terrible but not great 270 yards you like to see that no touchdowns and one pick he had a 75 passer rating so I mean it's not like his numbers were incredible or anything like that although after that first pick that that he did have he settled down but it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire uh so the question then about week one is Dan maybe not necessarily it's it's not about Joe Judge and Patrick Graham but how good is the Giants defense going to be and how many points can the Giants put on the board and uh, uh and how good is the broncos defense at preventing the giants from putting points on the board because that certainly makes it easier the other thing with uh that dolphin game remember that was the one where drew had the 61 yard pass to tim patrick uh when he was trying to throw it away that came up in a oh, trivia right. question on a, on three rings and so uh it was it was kind of it was funny for a lot of reasons but uh certainly so really 209 passing yards yeah certainly it made uh it made it, it it did a, it did so it did a couple of interesting things statistically one of which was it got drew to that baseline of 60% completion before that 17 of 29 just an octave below <laughs> yes <laughs> hey sometimes you got to be lucky right exactly you do Yep. Melbourne Bronco greetings from COVID lockdown number four here in Melbourne i'd love your thoughts on a few of my favorite players over the journey Vaughn Hebron Tyrone Braxton Steve Sewell, and the much-despised Bill Romanowski. And until three weeks ago, I'd never heard of Max Duffy, but Happy and Austin will be wearing orange and blue. Cheers, guys. Mm, yes, so Max Duffy, Mace, he, he's the new one. He He's the uh, the hot guy. 28 years old, and he's a rookie. He's got a good leg, went to Kentucky, won the best punter of the year two years ago, and he's a guy that can put the ball right on the sidelines. Yes, and that's that's why the Broncos, and in particular Tom McMahon, are very interested in Max Duffy is because he will he, he is a directional punter, but he's a directional punter with a strong leg. And I think that's a difference between Max Duffy and Colby Wadman. And you can kind of hear the difference in the way the, the ball sounds when it, when the foot strikes the ball in Max Duffy compared to Colby Wadman. Wadman, placement punter, not as strong a leg. Duffy, placement putter, he's got a cannon. That's why he's an interesting, interesting prospect. The other, the, the other guys, boy, Bill Romanowski. Um, he may be, Mace, he may be one yeah. of the most interesting guys that the Broncos have ever had. And also, I mean, we, we have the comments 
um, from Mike, Mark, it snatch about which player would you love on your team, but not like on another team. He may be the perfect example of that, of a Bronco for, for some people, because boy, was he interesting, obviously just a huge man, uh, part of the super bowl team in 98, six, four, almost two fifty. Was it was a key member of the Broncos and then, of course, went to the Oakland Raiders right after. He, yeah. And when he was with the Raiders, he hurt Shannon Sharp, yep. drove his elbow into the ground in that Monday night game back in 02. Uh, that kind of start that unfortunately got the uh, the ball rolling on a Broncos fade in the second half of that season, a season that I think uh, uh, could have turned out a lot differently um, if uh, certain circumstances, including Sharp uh, getting hurt, had, had not been the case. Uh, Romo, um, you know, of course, he liked his uh, supplements. He liked his balms, et cetera. And uh, when he back in those days, I, rem- I remember hearing this from a Bronco from after I started working for the team from a, a, an employee that Romo had this uh, this ointment or some or, or balm or something like that, that he claimed could reverse the aging process. And oh. so in theory, if it reverses the aging process and you keep putting it on, does this mean you eventually revert back to infancy? If you keep using this, <laughs> you should have asked him. I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure what he, what Romo actually meant is that it, uh, it uh, slows the aging process, not reverses the aging process. Uh, uh, the other guys you mentioned, uh, Steve Sewell, I, I worked with him for a while. He used to be a, he did community relations for the Broncos for a few years, just a tremendous human being, really good guy. Uh, learned a lot about football from talking to Steve Sewell over the years, watching practices. Uh, Tyrone Braxton, uh, great returner, or or not, pardon me, Von Hebron's the great returner. I'm going to touch on Von Hebron real quick. Great returner for the Broncos. I remember watching him at Virginia Tech. He was a tremendous running back there, and I was, I was always, uh, I was always keen on him. And of course, uh, I believe he had a kickoff return against Miami back in uh, in '98 for a touchdown. And Tyrone Braxton, corner, safety, whatever you asked him to do, he could do it really well. Another guy who is a really good human being, really, uh, really wonderful to talk to. I've had the chance to to converse with him on and off air over the years a few times. And that's, uh, you know, you, you pick you pick you pick some good players there uh, and good people for the most part as well. I mean, I'm not sure Bill Romanowski is the greatest human being in the world, but yeah, uh, yeah, um, he's character, though. Better for worse, he's a character. Certainly is. Next one from Broncos 502. Gents, I was in town for a graduation and had to make a stop at the DNVR bar on Sunday for the Avs game after they scored their first goal and the place erupted. I got chills. It was amazing to be there. Throwing up high fives to whoever was around. It was really hard to come back to Kentucky onto the Broncos. Well, love to hear that you had an awesome time there. And I'm telling you, that is the environment for Nuggets, Avs games, and it will be for Broncos as well. He says, onto the Broncos, I'm all about A-Ron or bust, but I really like what I'm hearing about Drew and Teddy. Maybe, just maybe, we don't need A-Rod to make a run for number four. Man, the the hopium is... uh being distributed isn't it <laughs> i love it i mean the uh the broncos hype videos are doing it mace uh and look we're, we're only one week into otas imagine what this is going to be like come training camp it's they're 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 basically commercials they're like movie trailers a movie trailer can make even the worst film look watchable 
<laughs> that's I, well, I mean that's, I'm sorry film. yeah I, I mean I, there, I remember the Giants doing a hype video on Daniel Jones a couple of years ago I mean it's like he's throwing against air <laughs> we'll get to see Daniel Jones and see his hype oh. video live in person week one oh, man yeah <laughs> I, I'm sorry I, I've there are few things that move me less than a hype video i can't tell really yeah i'm yeah again like i said it's it's a commercial it's not and it's not going to show it's not a commercial like you know if they had a commercial for ginsu knives back in the day they're not going to show uh the they're not going to show the knife uh you know slicing somebody up by an accident or something like that they're going to show uh the knife slicing through a can and you're going ooh ah that's again that's I guess I'm I guess I'm just I guess I'm just more of a raging skeptic because I've worked a lot of years for <laughs> NFL teams and I know what goes into it. <laughs> Next one from Ohio Bronco LX. Let's play a game of hypothetical here. I know there are Broncos fans out there that believe Denver should have drafted Justin Fields or Mac Jones at the number nine spot. Say Denver did draft one of those quarterbacks and through the first 17 games, their stats are 23 touchdowns to 18 interceptions. I am saying 17 games because Drew played like two snaps against the Steelers last year. So we throw that game out. Are you as a Broncos fan prepared to move on from Justin Fields and Mac Jones through 17 games with 23 touchdowns and 18 interceptions? What's what his completion? Thoughts, Zach Mason, RK. I have yeah. strong feelings you would not be prepared to move on. So why move on from Drew and start Teddy? I still don't see a scenario where Teddy is a starter come week one. Drew should get the same treatment as a quarterback drafted in the first round. Well, I would ask you that question, Ohio Bronco. Alex, why? Why should yeah. you get that treatment? I mean, look at the look at the first round treatment Paxton Lynch got. Not much of one? Yeah. I mean, right. so I would say first round treatment is um, it can mean different things. I, I certainly I think uh, I think I, Drew has got Drew has gotten kind of a longer leash and more of an opportunity than second round than most second round quarterbacks over the years. Um, uh, but I want that's not that's not enough data. I want to know I want to know completion percentage. Uh, I also want to know what they did as a runner because Josh Allen, Josh Allen comes up so often. Like that, that is, if you are a, if you're a Drew Locke optimist and you believe that he can become elite, inevitably the conversation will turn to uh, what Josh Allen did as a young player. Uh, Josh Allen ran for 17 touchdowns in his first two seasons. So Mace, I'll give you some more stats because that th this is what what uh, what what's going on here is he's just pulling Drew Locke's stats from the right. first eighteen games, but calling it seventeen games. So I'll say that in this is fifty nine point one percent completion. Um, he has a passer rating of seventy nine point one, and on the ground he the, this quarterback runs for two hundred and thirty two yards and three touchdowns. Because those are all Drew's stats through yeah. 17, 18 games. Yeah, it's I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, I'm not handing in the job. I'm making I'm making him fight for it. And the difference here, there's obviously one major massive difference. 
is Drew's going on his third year in the league. Yeah. Now, I know I know he was limited his first year, didn't play uh, a lot his second year, but that's the big difference is we're talking about a guy going on his third year in the league compared to a guy who would be a, a true rookie. Um, so th- that rookie probably is getting a second year, just like Drew got a second year. And I probably actually think that that rookie is getting a second year with not much competition, just like Drew didn't have any competition going into last year. Yeah. And the other thing, if let's say we isolate the second year and we adjust for era, his era adjusted passer rating in year two would have been 48.8. Um, just to kind of give you a, a hint of uh, other quarterbacks who were, um, who were, who were sub 55 in second year passer rating over the last uh, 20 years. So uh, that, is that QBR? Uh, that's no passer rating. Uh, this is adjusted for era. So oh, adjusted for era. Adjusting okay. for era. So you're basically uh, taking what the what the what the quarterback did, factoring in what the average was that year, and then and, and then adjusting. So you can get this is gives you a cross era comparison. It's much more valid than just taking passer rating in a vacuum. Even though you know passer rating, it's flawed, but it's an interesting metric. But just to kind of give you the the company that Drew Locke shares an era-adjusted year two passer rating. Uh, that company is Tavares Jackson, Kyle Bowler, Brody Croyle, Daniel Jones, Sam Bradford, Joey Harrington, J.P. Losman, John Skelton, Brandon Whedon, Dwayne Haskins, Kellen Clemens, Akili Smith. These are all guys with an era-adjusted year two passer rating since 2000 of below 55. I do like hearing Daniel Jones's name in there. Maybe that'll mean uh, Broncos get the the win week one, no matter who or how good their starting quarterback is. That's a big part, Zach, of why I've I don't, I don't know if I've said it to you or if I've just said it on the radio, but that week one game, if if it's Drew Lock, Daniel Jones is the quarterbacks, it is the the dueling Spider Mans pointing at each other. That meme. Mm-hmm. That's what week one is. The Giants right. and Broncos, like it or not are basically very similar teams right now. Getting getting key players back from injury. Third-year quarterback with a lot of questions. And Joe Judge is only in year two, Vic Fangio in year three, but coaches that need to prove themselves and do better. Right. Yeah, it's very true. They, everyone has a, a lot on the line in that first game, coaches yes, and quarterbacks. They, they do. It's why... It, it's going to be a fascinating game, even though it's below the radar game. It's fat. It's a fascinating matchup. And uh, I think a pretty good measuring stick for both teams. And by the way, what y'all as Broncos fans think about how that's a game that Broncos should win and will win giants fans feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You're right. All right, Mace. Next one coming in for you. Yep. From count Lockula, who says, in 2011, behind Willis McGahee's 1,199 yards on the ground, Vaughn's three forced fumbles and 11 and a half sacks, the Broncos went eight and eight. So did nearly the entire division, with only the Chiefs slipping out of equilibrium at seven and nine. Has an entire division ever gone 500? How and why did this happen? Love the count. <laughs> that, that is a great point. That is literally the closest we have ever come to a 500 division. Three wow. eight and eight teams. One seven and nine team with the Chiefs, and of course, the uh, uh, the, the last week of the season, uh, it the Broncos lose to the Chiefs that drops them to eight and eight, moves the Chiefs up to seven and nine, 
And as the Broncos offense is just stuck in neutral. Meanwhile, Oakland has a chance at home against San Diego. If Oakland wins, they take the division at nine and seven and then Oakland crapped the bed to put it kindly and mm-hmm. lost at home. The division was handed to the Broncos. Yeah. It was a mediocre division and, um, Look at the look at the quarterbacks by the end of that season. Carson Palmer, Philip Rivers, Kyle Orton in Kansas City. He's st- Kyle Orton started the season in Denver, finished it in Kansas City as their starter, and of course Tim Tebow. Um, and who yeah. ended up being victorious? It was Mr. Tim Tebow and Mace. You say it's a mediocre division, which obviously it was. It's a mediocre division that ended up winning a playoff game. It did. And then the Broncos built off their mediocrity and signed Peyton Manning mm-hmm. and went 13 and three the following year and then lost in the divisional round, just like the Tebow led Broncos uh, of 2011 did the other. But the thing is the rest of the division uh, actually backslid the following year. Maybe Peyton Manning had a little bit to do with that, but in 2012 uh, the Broncos were the only team in the AFC West that had a winning record. Mm, yep. Yep. How about that? And Mace last one coming in from onion booty, onion booty, Bronco booty, 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 rocking everywhere. He says, okay, with that out of my system, RK mentioned a fascinating insight yesterday about journalists building relationship with sources. Is there anything more you can share about that process? For instance, what is a source's incentive for disclosing insider information? What do they get out of it? Are they ever paid under the table? Shouldn't be. Just curious as your world seems so interesting. Love and other buns. Onion booty. If you're paying for it, then uh, you're committing an incredible breach of ethics. Yeah, um, you're not supposed to do that at all. Look, there are, you know, sometimes, and this is, this is, I think, what we kind of lost being in the locker room because sometimes you're in the locker room and uh, it's off record and you're just kind of talking. And mm-hmm. um, I, I can think back to a, a few players in, in particular uh, that, you know, they, they said stuff I'll never share, but it illuminate, it kind of illuminate, you, you get an illumination on things. Chris Harris Jr., you know, we just talk. Uh, C.J. Anderson, we just talk. And you, you kind of you, you kind of learn stuff. Uh, um, shoot. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say uh, uh, in, I, I wouldn't, it was off the record, but um, John Fox would would share stuff just talking. Mm. You know, and, and part of part of it is also there's a trust factor that goes in that says, OK, if it's if you if there's something off the record that you're not going to you're not going to abuse that. But uh, if they if then if something gets out there, then uh, you kind of you kind of check with them and say, OK, are you OK with, with putting this out there? So part of it is kind of building trust. And I'd say a lot of that trust is built by ensuring that uh, if a, if a potential source uh, shares something with you, that you don't go blabbing everything out right away. Right. Right. And so it's about relationship building and it's about getting people to trust you. And then sometimes they want some stuff out there that they want to tell you some some cool stuff. So and then also there's times where, you know, sources are told to put things out there because it it can benefit them. It can benefit the team. So there's a lot of reasons why, Mm. um, you know, insiders would give information uh, to people. And and then also, you know, a a lot of the times it's just, you know, they, they have a good relationship with them. Yeah. And I can tell you, I mean, look, 
if if I if I like you and and yeah, that's where relationship building it matters and what you think of somebody. If I like you, I think if if I, if I think well of you, if we have a, if we have a good relationship, then if you say okay, I, I can you get this out for me, I will. I'll admit I'll do that. Right. Part of, sure. But that's because I, I think well enough of the source. And also I trust the source as well if I hear something like that. Right. And and that's what's in it for uh for a source yeah. at times yeah. is they want to release some information. And sometimes it's it's not something that uh you necessarily want to report or want to release, but you know, they they've helped you, you'll help them. So there is something in it for them at, at times as well. Yeah. So that's it's just kind of how how this thing works. And actually we got, uh, I think we got, I think we got at least one comment in uh, un- under the wire here, Zach. So uh, oh, let me sc- get it. We got it from, uh, we got it from, well, actually, we skipped one. Some people call me the Space Cowboy said, are there any rules for Ring of Fame inductions beyond four plus years of Peyton, of playing, pardon me, wondering if and when guys from the Peyton Manning era would get in? Well, it's four plus years and it's the same. Uh, it's the same eligibility of uh, threshold year wise as uh, as the Hall of Fame. So Peyton Manning is eligible for the Ring of Fame this year. And uh, I would imagine we'll be getting that announcement at some point here in the next several weeks. That oh, Peyton yes. Manning is going in the Ring of Fame this year. Now, the interesting thing as well is Mike Shanahan's Ring of Fame induction has been delayed a year. So there's going to be a Mike Shanahan week as as well. So uh, we'll see how that ends up going. But that's yeah. But uh you know, we'll see. We'll see Peyton Manning presumably this year. We'll see Aqib Talib probably a few year, you know, a few years down the line, and uh, on and on. Can't wait for Peyton. And last yeah. one coming in from LA Bronco Thirty. Guys, I need your help. I convinced my parents, sister, and girlfriend to go to Denver for a game this season, but I can't decide which to go to. It seems they either play trash teams that might not be exciting or tough teams, and I don't want to see a loss. Also, what's the best time of the season for LA and Oregon people? Lastly, should I wait on tickets for pre or post Rogers news? Will tickets spike if Aaron comes here? Will they plummet if he doesn't? I already got my January 2nd VIP tickets at SoFi for our annual hosting of Herbert. Great work, guys. Keep it up. Um, well, I, they will spike if they get Aaron Rodgers. They won't dip if they don't. So really no reason in waiting, in my opinion. Exactly. I would try to get in right now. Um, you know, the, the weather in, in Denver can be great, can be dicey. You're always rolling the dice. Um I would say this, uh, October 31st, Halloween, I'm looking on the, on, uh, uh, on vividseats.com. The buy-in price for the Washington home game on Halloween, $86. You mm. ought to have, the odds are you'll have pretty good weather on October 31st. Uh, not too hot, hopefully not too cold. Um, and Washington, I think is going to be better than people expect. Oh yeah, I think so. so there too. you go. I, I'm looking at the the home game before that. It's uh, October 17th against the Raiders. You're looking for a game that isn't going to be a blowout either way. This one should not be a blowout either way. You get to see the Raiders at home. That would be my go-to. The only reason why I didn't put the Raiders on there is the buy-in price is $58 higher than it is for Washington right now. 
There you go. There you go. So the, the cost of seeing a division rival. Well, Mace, yep. I've really enjoyed this. And before we get out of here, got to tell you guys out about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, one more time, because they're the new urban online view university with learning outcomes that are equivalent to face-to-face courses, which is unheard of at other universities, but MSU Denver delivers. They have great gen eds taught by real people, great completion options, full programs, and the virtual services to keep you healthy and happy on your way to graduation. They're the preeminent online university in the Rocky Mountain region. And whether you're on campus or online, it's all the same to them. Their students do just as well in their online courses as they do in person, which means you can get the same degree while continuing to live your life. So make sure to check them out over at MSU Denver Online. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We'll have the Three Ring Circus with special guest Michael Spencer tomorrow. So make sure to tune in on YouTube at 10 a.m. where we'll be coming live from the bar. Thank you all all so much for tuning in. We will talk to you tomorrow on the DNBR Broncos podcast. How long's it been since you and rolled out the truck and took a country drive? Now understand that you need some time. I know some landmarks we used to hit. We're flying cotton with